Hi, everyone, and welcome to High Tea Hoops. I'm Skylar Smith, and you can catch me on the Bird app at the Duchess of Hoops. Hey, everyone, I'm Brian Boucher, and you can catch me across all social media, including Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, Skylar, at the Duke of Hoops. I'm working on it. We are so excited for our first series, the Casual UK Fan Guide to NBA Teams. In this series, we're going to be running through the 22 NBA teams competing in Orlando to help you decide who to root for in the bubble. We'll keep the statistics and game analysis a little bit light while focusing more on the stuff that makes fans fans, whether the team is winning or not. I unfortunately didn't have a ton of choice in my fanship. I grew up in a Pistons household in Michigan. But Brian, you moved around a lot growing up. You lived in L.A. You could have been a Lakers fan. You you lived in Indiana. You could have been a Pacers fan. But you committed to the Nuggets when you were living in Denver and you stuck with them. When you were a kid, what about the Nuggets made you think this is going to be my team forever? Well, the reason I'm such a big NBA fan is because I have lived across the states in a lot of different cities. So I've got to see a lot of different teams play. But I moved to Denver when I was seven, a little bit of a nerdy kid. And I wore these kind of like really long white tube socks that were not cool. And there was a player on the Nuggets, Bobby Jackson, Action Jackson, who wore these really long white tube socks as well when he played. And he made me feel a lot cooler. Uh, And that sealed the deal, made me a lifelong Denver Nuggets fan. Yes, that's the stuff we want. Being a fan of a team is about so much more than championships and rings, and that's what we're hoping to fill in here. We'll be touching on team personalities, beefs, nicknames, Premier League team equivalents, and more. We'll be starting from the bottom of the rankings, so bear with us with the Washington Wizards and making our way up to the Bucks at number one. You can check back every day, though, for a new episode. Let's spill the tea. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to oh, High Tea Hoops. You got to start over. Brian, goddammit. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to High Tea Hoops. It's our last day of the casual UK fan guide to NBA teams. We're finally Ooh. here, Brian. We made it. Who knows when we'll cover the other teams, maybe leading up to, the, uh, to next season? Yeah. A little we'll addendum? Have... Yeah. Nice long sense. off season. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can finally... Finally get to my Pistons. I haven't talked about them enough on this pod. We definitely have to give them a full episode. It's kind of crazy how many good teams we didn't cover because they didn't make the restart. Like the Warriors yeah. and the Bulls and like these teams with the Knicks. Yeah. Not, not covered in the guide because they did not make the restart. Sorry, not our fault. We'll get to them at some point. All right, Brian, we're talking Bucks. Let's start at a high level. They're an NBA team in the Eastern Conference. They've won one championship and two conference titles. Brian, what was like your relationship with the Bucks growing up? Uh, Didn't really think about them. You know, they had the the Michael Red era. They had Ray Allen and Sam Cassell, uh, you know, doing the big nut dance. You know, he would hold, you know, he'd hold and rock them back and forth. And that was viral when I, you know, that was viral back then when, we didn't have the internet really. Glenn Robinson. So it's just kind of like personalities on the team and they were fine, yeah. but they weren't a big part of basketball culture back then. Yeah. I really liked the Brandon Jennings era books. I really liked watching Brandon Jennings play. And so I kind of paid attention to them during that short period, but that was kind of it growing up. They haven't been, they haven't been great. Yeah, and I want to clarify, it was the big balls dance, sorry, not the big nuts dance. So go Google that, Sam Cassell. Very important clarification. Yeah, I had to clarify that. I couldn't get that wrong. It's too important. Very important. 
Uh, let's talk about Milwaukee a little bit. It's a pretty small city. It's not like a major city. Um, it's right on the shore of Lake Michigan, across Lake Michigan from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very Midwestern city oh, yeah. and state. Uh, you're right in like cheese country, dairy country. Um, and the Harley Davidson Museum is in Milwaukee. Just a little fun yeah. fact in case you're ever planning a trip. Lovely city. Beautiful yeah. in the summer. Very cold in sure. the winter. Very cold in the winter. All right. So let's go through some Bucks history. We'll see if I can keep this under the time that Brian has started enforcing. Keep it moving, me. Sky Sky. Okay. So the Bucks were an expansion team. In 1968, they started out in Milwaukee. Um, They did a fan vote, as so many teams uh, do when they're starting for the team name. And the far and clear winner was the Robins. (laughs) So bad. After the state bird. It's so (laughs) bad. Why would so many people vote for that? Um, And so they looked at the fan vote and said, all right, fuck these fans. We're going with the number two choice, which was the Bucks after Wisconsin's official state wild animal, which I did not even know was a thing that states did. But, um, Skylar, if they were named the Robins, then Robin Lopez would be an even better fit on this team. It's true. So who knows? Sliding doors moment. Yeah. They didn't have that much foresight in 1968. It's too bad. Um, the Bucks in 1968 marked a return to the of the NBA to Milwaukee after 13 years. Um, because the Hawks, now the Atlanta Hawks, used to play in Milwaukee, and they played there for four seasons in the 50s before they moved to St. Louis and then eventually Atlanta. So Milwaukee had had a team, but they hadn't had one in 13 years, and so this team was kind of a return of the NBA. In 1969, Milwaukee had the number one pick in the draft, and they took Lou Elsendor out of UCLA. He was kind of the very obvious first pick, Um, and they had a great year. And he was named Rookie of the Year as Milwaukee finished 56 and 26. Yeah, spoiler alert. This is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and clear number one pick. And they won it on a coin flip. They got the number one pick on a coin flip. So that is, I I can't believe like how much two franchises changed with just a coin flip. And you either get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or not. Yeah, and who was who was on the other side of the coin flip? Wasn't it the Suns? I think it was the Suns, which is so weird. I can't even imagine so Kareem weird. on the Suns. Yeah, that was a little spoiler alert. Uh, Lou Elsendor is Kareem. We'll get to it. Um, so in 1970, they add Oscar Robertson to complement Elsendor. This is a great move for the Bucks. They have a oh, great Jesus. year, and they make it to the finals. Um, and they sweep the Baltimore Bullets in four games. And so they won a championship in their third season in the NBA, and they became the fastest expansion team in the history of North American sports to win a championship that quickly after being established. It's insane. I mean, you bring on two of the greatest players of all time onto one team, and that's how you make it happen. Yeah. So in 1973, here it is, Elsendor converts to Islam, and he changes his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, And that year they make it back to the finals and they meet the Lakers and they lose. Um, And then over the next couple of years, we see this trend that we see happen to a lot of teams there. They keep having pretty good success. They keep making it back to the playoffs, but they just can't get back to the finals because of, you know, injuries and distractions and what have it. Um, And so in 1975, Kareem requests a trade to either the Lakers or the Knicks. And that's the end of... The Every Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> era. 
Yeah, that's what, every single team. That's why I get mad when people in the modern era are like, oh, these spoiled players requesting trades and wanting to get out. They've been doing this since the start of the NBA. Let players Yeah, if move. anything – if anything, like maybe there's more options for the players now and there's actually more parity. Like every single good player in these histories leaves for the Lakers. Yeah. Ugh. Like maybe at this point there's at least more options for the yeah. players to like leave for. So Kareem leaves, you know, they go through a couple transition years, but this isn't like LeBron leaving Cleveland or you know, Jordan and the Bulls, he doesn't really leave like destruction behind him. Um, they have a couple transition years, but it's not bad. Um, the Bucks bring on Don Nelson as their coach. He goes on to win uh, coach of the year two times with the Bucks. So they're actually not struggling too bad. And then in 1980, the Bucks move from the Midwest division to the Central division, where they end up finding a lot of success. They win six straight division titles. They have um, a 500 season for the next 11 years. They're having some moderate success. They just can never make it back to the NBA finals. Um, yeah. They make it to the playoffs quite a lot, but they get eliminated by the Celtics and the Sixers basically every year. Yeah. But this is the Sidney Moncrief era. This is definitely Sidney Moncrief's team. Mm -hmm. um, in 1985, they have some ownership change. The Bucks are playing in the smallest arena in the NBA at the time, and the city didn't want to build another one. Um, and so Milwaukee businessman and future U.S. senator, lots of politics connections in these pods, uh, Herb Cole bought the Bucks uh, because he was scared that out-of-town investors were going to come buy the team and move it out of Milwaukee. So You've he bought the happen. team. Yep. Brian and I, yep, um, lots of trauma there. Um, yeah, but he wanted to keep that from happening to the Bucks, so he bought the team uh, with, with the goal of keeping them in Milwaukee. And then from 91 to 98, the Bucks have a really tough period. They have a franchise record, seven straight losing seasons. It's not great, but at the same time, they're kind of laying the, the bricks for another kind of surge. In 1994, they draft Glenn Robinson, and in 1996, they trade for rookie Ray Allen. So they kind of know what they're doing. They're kind of trying to figure yeah. it out. And then 1998 through 2003, we enter the Big Three era. So they, for a while, had just been kind of hovering at the bottom of the NBA standings, but they tried to kind of legitimize the operation. They brought in uh, veteran head coach George Carl, who had... Yep. Uh, coached our Supersonics. They brought Love him George. in in 1998, and they put together a kind of big three, uh, Ray Allen, Sam Castle, and Glenn Robinson. And so them combined with George Carl kind of create a renaissance for Milwaukee. So in 2000 and 2001, they have their best year. They win 52 games, and they reach the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but they lost in seven, in seven games to the 76ers. And so this kind of frustration of constantly making it to the playoffs but never really being able to get past the first or second round created a lot of tension on this team, as we've seen with a lot of teams that this happens to. Yep. And so they end up trading Glenn Robinson for Tony Kukoc of Chicago Bulls' last dance fame. They trade Ray Allen for Gary Payton. They're starting to make a lot of moves. Yep. And so the so next weird. year, it's so weird. It's weird to think of Kukoc and Gary Payton in Bucks jerseys. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, and it was, 
kind of that bad period for Bucks uniforms too when they introduced that weird purple. And yeah. so seeing Tony Kukoc in the purple Bucks uniform looked so Ugh. weird. No thanks. Yeah. So the next year, uh, the Bucks lose in the first round of the playoffs again, causes even more tension. Gary Payton ends up leaving in free agency. Team leader Sam Castle is traded. George Carl's tenure ends. And so within one season, they went from a pretty strong team who was making the playoffs to all of their strengths from the seasons before that were gone. Yeah. And so from 2003 to 2009, we enter the Michael Red era. Um, so at this point, they have a new general manager, Larry Harris, um, and they struggled with inconsistency and injury throughout these years. They only reached the playoffs twice, and the Detroit Pistons were the downfall both times. <laughs> Always. This was my Always. era. This was, I was like, all right, Michael Red, cool. Just keep yeah. losing to the Pistons. Yeah, this is a tough, this is a tough era. Um, yeah. Some high points, 2005, they draft Andrew Bogut. Uh, sure. Just uh, a, they hire Scott Skiles. Just a horrific injury for for Andrew Bogut, though. Ugh, one of the yeah. worst I've ever seen. Yeah, that's another one of those ones where it's not a fun rewatch. He would have been good, but snapping yeah. your arm in half is definitely going to hurt your basketball game a little bit. Yeah. Um, in 2008, they acquired Richard Jefferson. Just trying to get through this era. Weird. It's not great. Skyler, are you surprised at how much Scott Skiles is coming up in all these episodes? Yes. My guy. Yes, 30, I'm 30 very surprised. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting to talk about Scott Skiles as much as we have. Love that guy. Sure. Um, 2009 to 2013 is kind of the Brandon Jennings era that I was talking about earlier. He was a really fun young player to watch. Um, and so they draft him in 2009 after he hadn't gone to college. He had only played in Italy the previous year. So he was kind of a risk. Uh -huh. um, but Jennings and Bogut were a really good combo. And so the team was a playoff contender for the first time during this period. Yeah. And this is also the time where uh, the fear the deer phrasing and, and uh, branding starts. So that's a little fun fact. All right, just move it right along because we want to get to Giannis. In 2013, the Bucks choose the Greek freak Giannis with the 15th overall pick in the draft. Um, and this year, they also send Brandon Jennings to the Pistons. So that's also the end of the Brandon Jennings era. And so yeah. at the start of the 2013-14 season, the Bucks only had four players on their roster from the previous season, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I watched a lot and of so, Brandon Jennings in Detroit. Yeah. That was, that was a good deal for the Bucks. It was about time to leave uh, Brandon Jennings to the Pistons to, to die a slow career death. No offense yeah, to your as so many as so many players uh, do in Detroit. I love Brandon Jennings though. He was electric. His handles, he was, he was so really fun, fun to watch. But yeah. When you get banished to the Pistons, there's not much you can do. Yeah, but he was he was in the NBA like in a time where there were a ton of like really electric players that were really fun to watch. So he really stood out. Um yeah, then it's ugh, hard. Pistons just have a way of ruining careers. I think he's played for like six teams at the last seven years of his career. So once you go to the yeah. Pistons, there's no turning back. Yep. Um, and so the year they draft Giannis is their worst year in team history. They finish 15 and 67. It's tough. Bad. Not quite Nuggets bad, but pretty bad. Not quite. 
Um, in 2014, the Bucks secure the coaching rights for Jason Kidd by sending two second-round draft picks to the Brooklyn Nets. Once again, we love a coach getting traded. Uh, don't love Jason Kidd, though. No. Um, there's also, like, a lot of drama going on with the Bucks at this point about their new arena. Um, it's kind of been something that people have talked about with the Bucks for a while, they've had the smallest and one of the oldest arenas for a long time. And so that ended up being a big argument for people who were thinking that the Bucks should be moved out of Milwaukee. Yeah. And so during this time, uh, the owners of the Bucks are kind of trying to secure funding for a new arena so that they can keep them there because they were, they were well aware that the NBA might try to buy the team back and move it to Vegas or Seattle if they can't figure out a new arena for them. Um, in 2016, Giannis and the Bucks agree to a four-year, $100 million contract extension. He's staying in Milwaukee. Um, in 2018, the Bucks fire Jason Kidd. He had a 23-22 and 22 record at the time when they fired him. Jason Kidd, not a great Yikes. coach, not a great person. Um, in 2018, the Bucks announced that Mike Budenholzer. Coach Bud. Coach Bud was going to be their new coach. Um, and they also, they finally figured out the new arena situation. So in August 26, 2018, the Bucks New Arena Fiserv Forum opens to the public. Amazing new arena. Um, it's what allowed them to stay in Milwaukee, which is yep. great. Um, and then in, on May 8th, 2018, they eliminated the Boston Celtics in five games to reach their first conference final since 2001. Yep but they ended up losing to the Raptors, but we're in Giannis era. Giannis wins MVP that season and his dominance has just continued to where we're at now. Yeah. They gave us one of the most fun series, which we just reviewed on the Raptors pod, but yeah. Giannis and the Bucks versus Kawhi and the Raptors was so fun to watch last year. Yeah. So fun. All right. So let's get into the players a bit now, Brian, mm -hmm. let's look at our starters. We've got Giannis. We've got Eric Bledsoe, we've got Brooke Lopez, we've got Wesley Matthews, and we've got Chris Middleton. Just looking at this lineup, who sticks out? Obviously, we got to talk about Giannis, but what are your initial takeaways? Yeah, I, I mean, my biggest takeaway is that Giannis is the fulcrum, the future, the MVP. Yep. He is another level from most NBA players right now. And I think the Bucks, especially with Coach Bud, who is used to building like that Atlanta Hawks team, where I think they had four all-stars in, in one season, um, yep. loves building teams around, uh, you know, transcendent players. And so mm -hmm. having Brooke Lopez, Wesley Matthews, Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe as pieces around him, I think they approach this roster in the right way. And it's just fun mm -hmm. to see like an old Brooke Lopez who, like I said, on the Nets pod was carrying the worst Nets team in the world to all of the, you know, there's very small amount of wins. Chris Middleton blossoming to be that, you know, that second star on the team. Wesley Matthews, mm -hmm. who's bounced around a ton between different teams. I, I think what I'd love, like Eric Bledsoe is just like one of those elite athlete guys that I like watching, but he just like in the playoffs just can't do it. And I don't know yeah. what it is like. Last year, he just crumbled, and I he does so good in the regular season, and he kind of teases you, but then he just doesn't quite come through. So I would say amazing starting cast, obviously, because they did so well this season. They're the number one team in the NBA. But yep. I want to see it in the playoffs. I think that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, 
definitely same. I also just think if we look at like how far Giannis has come in the past couple years, it's honestly insane. Like I'll see it every once in a while circulating on Twitter, like the, his like official team picture from every year since he was drafted and just the physical transformation in him is insane. Like he was so tiny and so young when he got drafted and he's just massive. He's a monster now. He's a monster now, and he's been working on his game so hard uh, for that entire time too. So I, I'm just, I'm really enjoying watching Giannis and, and his progression, yeah, and his progression. And I don't even think we're at like his peak yet. So I'm just so excited to keep watching him. You're right, though. Every year he adds something new. I think you know this season he's shooting almost five threes a game, which he yeah. could not shoot before. So ben every Simmons year he's improving. Could never. Ben Simmons would never. Has Ben Simmons ever even shot five total threes? No. Guaranteed no. Yeah. Let's talk about the depth a little bit. Uh, first call out. There are two sets of brothers on this team, which I what? love. Yes. Who? Oh, oh. Brooke and Robin. Honest. I forgot about Thanasis. 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 And Giannis is... Uh, older brother Thanasis is on this team. I just love that. How yep. fun would it be if we were both on a team together, Brian? Well, that's like team chemistry. Yeah, it's just fun. You have the Lopez brothers who are the Disney, the adult Disney fans who are just goofing around in Disney World. You have the Antetokounmpo's. Yep. That must just be a fun team to be on. Yeah, I also imagine like there's got to be a little bit of sibling rivalry with Giannis and Thanasis. And Thanasis being the older one and being significantly worse than Giannis, like, I just would love to be on a fly on the wall for, like, their, like, (laughs) sibling rivalry competitions and arguments. They actually seem like a very down-to-earth family because they struggled so much growing up. And because the the difference is so high, that almost, like, eliminates the competitiveness a little bit. Where it's like, all right, Giannis, like, thank you for allowing me to be on this team with you, which is pretty much the case. Um, yeah basically but, but I think the the Lopez brothers rivalry is even more fun because they're much more similar in skill and they've been going at each other for so long that's the funny one to me and they're twins so like yeah. they've been compared to each other for their entire lives yeah all right let's go through some some depth a little bit more uh our kind of second stringers George Hill Dante DiVincenzo Pat Connaughton uh Marvin Williams Robin Lopez Brian who are your, what are your kind of initial takeaways from this Kyle Corver, who Korver. is still on a roster. Coach Bud loves yeah, Kyle Corver. Yeah, can't Korver. believe it. Uh, DJ jo- Wilson, Ilya Sova. Oh, your guy, Michigan grad. I, yeah, I do love DJ Wilson. Uh, George Hill has had a great year. Uh, he's, yep. you know, been through so many of these different teams now with the Cavs and with the Pacers. So I think he's a great presence off the bench. Dante DiVincenzo, you know, coming out of – college he was like a freak athlete and he did incredible in the national championship game i'm kind of surprised he's been doing so well this year and that he's blossomed as like a legitimate fifth starter six you know six man on an nba roster and then same with pat Connaughton, just like these elite athletes that did well in college and have made a good transition into these good role players so i, I love dante divincenzo and pat Connaughton. I hate Dante DiVincenzo that uh, that national championship game. He did so well in it was against Michigan literally kept us from the championship, but and DJ Wilson, was that against (sighs) DJ Wilson? No, DJ Wilson was already gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
But yeah, DJ Wilson's really fun to watch. I haven't seen him play that much this year, so I don't really know how he's done this year. But when he heats up, he's really fun. He's a really high-energy player. He's really fun to watch. He's averaging 3.2 points a game, so. Oh, maybe not great. I couldn't do that. Anyways, good walk-in fits from him as well. All right. Let's talk about the owner, coach, and management. Great. All right, so the owner, they, I honestly don't know what's happening in their ownership group. They have a ton of owners. Um, and they were affected there? by, I think I know what happened there. That, so the NBA put in the Jay-Z rule, yeah. <laughs> which, which meant that you couldn't have, uh, you couldn't have like over a certain number of owners, owners and like 25 and, and everyone had to own over 1% stake because yep. the, how much did Jay-Z own? Was it less than that? I don't know. It was the Bucks were also doing this, where they were just like selling yeah. it to friends and family in Milwaukee. Yeah, and just like tiny, tiny, tiny shares. Yeah, and then well, was like, and they right, would quit it. Well, and they would like if someone from Milwaukee like did something really cool, or like if there was just prominent people in Milwaukee, they would just like sell them shares, and then kind of like down the line be like, oh yeah, remember when we did that? Like, can yeah. we call in a favor now? So like. I, yeah, weird ownership group. So like when you look up their ownership group, it's like 20 people. Yeah. Um, it seems like West Ed- West Edens, West Edens, don't know how you say it, is like the majority owner and he, I don't know. It seems like he's the main owner. Yeah, just billionaire hedge um, fund guys. Yeah, that's kind of what all of these people are. Also, Mark Lassery, Jamie Deenan, I don't know. Bunch of rich American billionaires. Um, West Edens though is actually the co-chairman and majority shareholder of aston villa congrats on not getting relegated congrats maybe if you're an aston villa fan you're meant to be a bucks fan exactly um management john horst is their gm he's been with the team since april 2008 uh he left for like less than a year to go be manager of basketball operations for the Pistons. And then he realized that Detroit sucks and he went back to Milwaukee and he's been there ever since. You said it. Yep. Um, and last year he won the NBA executive of the year award. So good for him. Got it figured out there. Uh, and coach, we already said coach bud, he's been their coach since uh, just last year. And he was with Atlanta for five years before that. Yeah, he's been a great coach for them, building around Giannis, bringing them together, developing Giannis. So go coach bud. Yep. Uh, Famous fans, Aaron Rodgers. He also owns a very small percentage of of the Bucks. (laughs) Everyone does. Yep. Uh, Christian Yelich, he is an MLB player in the U.S., and – I only call him out because he there was like a thing happening last year and the year before where he was just chugging like massive beers uh, at courtside at Bucks games. Yeah. And it like ended up going viral and like a bunch of players were challenging each other and it was really fun. Uh, Mallory Eden, she's the daughter of that main owner. Uh, she has some pretty good like trolling stuff that happens courtside. Like she... Uh, wore a Pusha t-shirt when she was sitting courtside while Drake was like across the court from her during that Toronto series. Like that's fun. Um, And then Gucci Mane. Gucci. Honestly, this is not a bad lineup for celebrity fans for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's more than I was expecting. Yeah. You dug a little deep for these Skylar. I think the online is like Mallory Edens, but the, the other ones have some passing interest, which is good. Sure. Um, Let's do some fun facts. 
the Bucks official mascot is like widely known as like one of the best mascots in the NBA. His name's Bango. Bango. And he's been around since 1977, which is a long time. Like a lot yeah. of these mascots got introduced in like 1999. It's a long time for this mascot to have been around. Bango's got some crazy eyes on him. I it's think Bango's cute. Well, I think he used to be cute. Whatever they did, just Google Bango's eyes, and it's a little scary. You judge. <laughs> Bango is you known judge. because he does all sort of like acrobatic dunks and like stunts. I like watched a video of him flipping off of this really high ladder and dunking on his way down. Very cool. Very into Bango. Um, and that, that leads us into our, our beef section for the day, Brian. Uh, did you know about this beef? Yes, I love this beef. I did not know about this I've beef. Endlessly entertained What by this a one. delight it was to find today. <laughs> this is, you um, unearthed this for the first time? Did you go down a yes! YouTube rabbit hole? That's amazing. Yes. I wish I could do that. Yes, I was slightly late to record this podcast because I was truly just watching videos of this. Uh, Robin Lopez apparently has a long-standing beef with just all NBA mascots. Every mascot that we've listed. Yep. Every single one. I literally watched an entire video montage of just Robin Lopez tackling various NBA mascots, <laughs> just great. beating them up, just sitting on them, like just fully fighting them fully while they're tackling. warming up for yes not, fully not tackling not playful no no and so it ends up becoming like this whole thing where teams mascots will try to like troll him when they come to play their team so like the clippers mascot they had this like big sign and it was like a peace treaty and there yep. were places for that mascot and Rob robin lopez to sign and he signed and then they like pulled off the top of the peace treaty and it was actually he signed a sign that says brooke is the better lopez brother <laughs> and then brooke like which came over and like which he is brooke came over and like gave the mascot a hug while robin is like fighting the mascot oh it's so funny grizz put a kick me sign on his back while he was like hugging him pretending to make up honestly this is one of the funniest beefs we've had i, I love this one love this beef yeah Honestly, just go down a YouTube, a YouTube hole on this one. It's really funny. I also was like watching this and, you know, I work for a sports team. Like I have had to schedule our mascot to come to events. And so I was watching these, this video and seeing Robin Lopez just tackling mascots. And I'm thinking like every mascot I've ever interacted with, like, spoiler alert sorry if this is like seeing how the sausage is made they're 20 year old like uni students who just like yeah. need money but then i looked it up and nba mascots like make like forty thousand dollars a year as yeah. a mascot they're just as a mascot so i at that point i was like all right this is fine yeah he's not tackling just like little kids no and then it's the same one you know it's the same person that he's tackling every time for the most part but he tackles every single mascot. I know he does. I know he does. But it's a real but beef yeah, at because least it's the it's same like, consistent mascots. Yeah. Yeah. At least they like know him by this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a way less fun beef. We already talked about this. Giannis and Harden. We don't really know if it's a real beef or if they're just kind of having fun and are just being opposite playing styles. Making yeah. fun of opposite each other. Opposite personalities. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, the likelihood to make the playoffs and the finals, they're a lock for the playoffs. Yep. They've got a 37% chance of making the finals and a 14% chance of winning the finals. This is lower than the Lakers yep. and the Clippers. Yep. I was a little bit surprised by this. I think it's what we talked about with the Lakers where they're just, they haven't been tested. They've never made it to the finals. And Giannis is amazing and they're a great regular season team, but people want to see it in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's fair. Plus, honestly, anytime you're betting against LeBron James, it just kind of feels Yeah, your odds tough. go down. Yeah. All right, Brian, this is our last one. Yep. Why should our UK fans be a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks? You should be a fan, if you're listening to this, of the Milwaukee Bucks, and you haven't picked one of the other 21 teams we've covered. If you're still holding out or you're just shaky on the one that you have, Giannis is the reason to follow this team. Giannis yeah. is a hard worker. He only cares about basketball. He had a really rough upbringing in Greece and has really pulled his family out to some pretty amazing things uh, in the NBA. He rejected Space Jam 2. He is focused on the game. He doesn't want the, the glitz and the glamour in Hollywood. I think he's going to stay with the Bucks long term and he really cares about the organization. So he may be the the, uh, I don't know, the exception to the Lakers rule where everyone just wants to go to the Lakers or the Warriors. Hopefully he stays with the Bucks. I think that would be a great story. But again, players can go wherever they want. Uh, but yeah. this is a hardworking team. The coach, Coach Bud, is an incredible coach that's built around Giannis. They believed in Giannis early on. And mm -hmm. like we said on the last one, if you support the Lakers, you're going to join this huge, huge bandwagon where there aren't that many Bucks fans, especially in the UK. So yeah. support this team with a really solid, you know, player, coach, team effort around it. And they are super fun to watch. And you can endlessly be entertained by Giannis and the Lopez brothers. That's my pitch. I think that was a great pitch, Brian. I think Giannis is truly the main reason why you choose this Bucks team. Um, I always like to think of like UK fans, if they're going to make a trip to the U.S. to go see their team. Uh, what is that going to entail for them and how does that inform what they choose? Ooh, um, yeah. This is this is one of the best arenas in the NBA at this point. This is a brand new arena. They, It's really cool. It's, they yeah. did a really great job with it. Uh, go at the beginning of the season or the end of the season. Do not go in the dead of <laughs> winter. winter. You will <laughs> hate it. It will be negative 40 degrees. Don't do that. Um, and Honestly, all, I, all I'm going to be thinking about for the rest of the day is Robin Lopez tackling mascots. And so <laughs> that, is, that is my greatest pitch for this team. Which isn't happening in the bubble, which is too bad. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, you'll get it Ugh. next season. Can, can just one team send their mascot? Can the worst just player on distract? each team? Can the worst player on each team put on the mascot jersey? The outfit. Put Ben Simmons in a mascot jersey. <laughs> and have Robin Lopez tackle them. We need it, NBA. Make it happen. I would also love if just, like, teams started, like, playing playing tricks on Robin Lopez. Like, they put Steven Adams in a mascot jersey, and he tries to <laughs> tackle him, and he and just, he like, concusses himself trying. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. All right, Brian. What we a series. It. We did it. Thank you, it everyone, for listening. Yes, thank you. And I can't wait. Season starts, what, tomorrow? If you're listening to this right now. Starts on the yep. uh, Thursday, the 30th. Yeah. And away we go. Away we go.
So you're you're a Denver fan for this, for always, but for the bubble. Duh. I feel like I should have picked one of our teams. That's a great question. I'll throw it back to you, Skylar. Who's your Who's your substitute team in the in the uh, in the bubble? I feel like it should be the Rockets because I like kind of am a Rockets fan because my parents live there, but I don't want it to be. Skylar, it's the Raptors. I think it's the Raptors. How could it? I truly was overjoyed talking about the Raptors the other day. I've never I was seen like you getting myself, I've literally never talked about the Pistons that way because all they do is cause me pain. The Raptors, I think, are my team. Yeah, I think let's that's go, true. Let's go to Siakam. I'm buckled in for the Raptors. All right, Nuggets and Raptors. Those are our picks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we are keeping the pod going. So yeah. subscribe. Five stars if you've liked this. Really helps us bump up the rankings. So uh, we'll see everyone soon.